0: Good evening. I want to answer these questions. Okay, I'm glad you you have written in a clear legible hand. Thank you very much in the first place. (laughs) When I have my eyes closed, there there is a general light. Is this the nimitta, or is it light coming through the flesh of the eyelid? This light is present even in a dark room, but it will be brighter if there is light outside. This uh, so-called nimitta uh, does not arise like this. I will talk about nimitta when when I give a talk, when, when that topic uh, uh, comes up <coughs> during my talk. I will explain uh, more about nimitta. But this definitely is not dhyana nimitta. This is, <coughs> as you said, uh, I don't know whether light can come through the flesh of the eyelid uh, but I think this is a very strong uh, memory that uh, stays in the mind even when you close your eyes. When people practice, there is another system of meditation or objects for developing concentration <clears throat> that is called bhavana. Uh, that means you have uh, an object outside, may even be a flame of light. Uh, you gaze at it until it uh, remains in your mind as a very vivid object. So you focus your mind on that, Memorized image of the light uh, to gain concentration after overcoming your hindrances. That is a different method, (coughs) which I don't uh, recommend to people because of the difficulties and uh, disadvantages in that uh, practice. Uh, So, anyway, uh, this is just a memory of the light that stays in your mind for a long time. And uh, I think it is better to do your meditation in the dark uh, before you sit to meditate in the dark. Uh, don't keep, ad- keep looking at your light. Uh, you dim your light, if possible, and uh, walk into your dark place or make the room dark, then start your meditation. <coughs> this may. Uh, don't think this has a limit or sign of concentration. <coughs> Next question. I try to uh, spend one hour, only one hour, answering questions and I try to give uh, brief answers to each question so that I can answer all the questions. How does zeal uh, differ from uh, craving, clinging and uh, desire? Is it that the object? which it seems is wholesome, which uh, differentiates it from these other states. Now, zeal is, is used particularly for the wholesome mental state, free from desire, greed, or clinging or craving. At that time, when the zeal arises, your mind is temporarily very clean and pure, no uh, desire or sign of desire goes with the zeal. Uh, That is just when you see the pure, clean mental state, you want to do more practice. And therefore that is totally different from uh, ordinary craving or desire. Craving or desire has the tendency to cling to something, hold on to something, uh, because of this uh, temporary uh, pleasure. But this one is uh, a spiritual, mental state which uh, does not have desire. Uh, for instance, uh, you have uh, uh, faith, sadda, faith, very strong faith in certain religious object or religious uh, teaching. When you have this strong faith, in the teaching, there you don't have a greed, but you, it is awesome, so wonderful. <coughs> you like to pursue it and uh, do it more and more, only with the interest of developing the mind, liberating yourself from suffering. <coughs> so that is the zeal different from desire. I have experienced what the sutras describe as second jhana. When it was gone, I became afraid and then distressed. How I am hesitant to Resume jhana practice. Now, if you have this experience as the second jhana, that I'd say with, with confidence, of course, with the uh, little hesitation that you might get offended when I say something <laughs> very directly. Please don't assume that this is the second jhāna, not at all. If you have any jhāna, first, second or any, you will not have fear. Fear comes from greed, which is one of the hindrances. Buddha very clearly mentioned, not only because the Buddha mentioned it, it is true. That is, tanha jayati soko, tanha jayati bhayam. Fear arises from craving, desire. Why? Why? You have clung to something and you have fear of losing it. Because of your desire, you don't want to lose it then fear rises. But in jnanic attainment, you have already overcome your karma chanda, desire, as a hindrance. Because of that absence of desire, you will not have any fear at all, even when you attain the first jhāna. That is very important to remember what you are experiencing you may have read. this is the problem with uh, sometimes knowing in advance the passages formula descriptions and so on when you listen to a description of certain things you imagine it and say ah that's it I got it <clears throat> sometimes even in vipassana meditation Meditation teachers give a list of uh, vipassana, jnana, various stages of vipassana. So you sit on the cushion for half an hour, then you go from list number one. This is this. This is tick off. Number two, tick off. Number three, tick off. Four, tick off, tick off. Eighteen, you come out and say, I attained all the eighteen. <laughs> because the least you remember. And then you've it in that way. So you will never attain any of those things if you keep ticking off. So, <coughs> as I said, eh? In my little talk earlier, we must very sincerely, honestly, follow the steps and see whether we have followed the steps or not. If we have not followed the steps, what you imagine is not what we expect you to have in that practice. <coughs> Somebody asked me one day in Australia, Bhante such and such a very famous monk told me that I am I have attained sotapanna I am sotapanna So and so said Do you think I am sotapanna She asked me, I straight away said no, the person got very upset because so and so said I am sotapanna and you say I am not. Then she asked me, why do you say I am not? I said, if you have attained Sotha Panna, you would never ask me this question. Suppose you are hungry, you come to me and ask me, Manthe, am I hungry? (laughs) If you are hungry, you are the one (laughs) who knows. Can it be helpful to practice jhana meditation with eyes open? Uh, <coughs> focusing on an object such as a uh, candle flame or stone uh, this is what I said the casino meditation where <coughs> you first keep your eyes open and gaze at an object you gaze at the object until you memorize the object With all the details, close your eyes and go to another cubicle. You have to have two cubicles. In one place you put the object. It can be a a disc of very pure, clean clay of certain color. Or a light or something like that. You put it about 18 inches away from you and uh, gaze at it until you memorize it and then close your eyes and go to the next cubicle, sit there and focus your mind on the memorized image. There are names for these stages and then as your mind becomes clearer and clearer, your hindrances will subside, you gain jhana. That is one method. Uh, Because of this, because of its uh, uh, cumbersomeness of such a uh, practice, because you have to carry an object with you all the time, uh, colour, of course, colour disk you can make in the computer these days, you know, round colour and put whatever colour you like, print it out, and uh, for the necessary dimension (coughs) and use it but still I would not recommend because of its uh, other uh, problems that can arise. (coughs) So what we suggest uh, very safest way safest subject is the breath. You never go wrong if you use the breath. Next question. Where does the Buddha say jhana is Nibbana here and now? Thank you. (coughs) Ditra dhamma sukha vihara. Buddha said ditra dhamma sukha vihara is, you can see in... uh, Mahapara uh, Nibbana Sutta in Digha uh, in Sangutinika uh, in several places, Sangyotya in several places. Uh, Buddha mentioned, he did not say this, Jhana uh, is Nibbana, but Ditta Dhamma Sukha, That is, uh, in this very life, you experience a bliss or uh, happiness, which is almost indicative of Nibbana. That is, that gives you some kind of indication how greater the happiness and bliss in Nibbana is. So it is not Nibbāna itself, but uh, it indicates, it shows how Nibbāna would be. (coughs) Uh, The ārnāpāna sati-sutta has the last four tetra steps, uh, impermanence, uh, fading away, cessation and uh, relinquishment. How does this relate to jhāna with its uh, awareness of uh, space, uh, consciousness, nothingness, neither perception nor non-perception? Thank you. Now, anapana sutta this particular section, Uh, talk about uh, vipassana, experience, mindfulness, insight, insight experience. Uh, once you gain this insight experience, that is anicca and pasi, brahmana and pasi, and pasi, These are the four steps in in Pali, in the sutta. Uh, Being aware of impermanence, you breathe in and breathe out. Being aware of non-clinging to anything, you breathe in and breathe out. Being aware of cessation, you breathe in and breathe out. Being aware of relinquishment, relinquishment. Abandoning, letting go, complete uh, non attachment. You breathe in and breathe out. These are the steps of vipassana or mindfulness or insight and experience. Now, once you gain this experience, then if you continue your practice with this experience not this experience as a memory or not this experience these four steps as a theory but with this experience while having this experience (coughs) you gain concentration when you gain concentration you attain the Uh, first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana, and so on. And then, these are first, second, third, fourth, are the uh, material jhanas. That means jhana, jhana related to something physical, material, down to earth. What we are talking about uh, space, consciousness, uh, nothingness, neither perception nor non-perceptions are immaterial attainments. They are not even called jhana. They are called ayatanas. Akasananca ayatana, Vinyanaanca ayatana, Akinkanyaanca ayatana, sañña ayatana. <coughs> ayatana means the 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 the, the the place where the mind dwells, mind stays. Consciousness has to have a, some uh, space, some object to stay. These are where the mind stays. Ayatana also are called eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind. Chakkhayatana. Sotaayatana, Ganayatana, Gandayuhayatana, uh, Kayatana, Manayatana and so forth. The word ayatana is used. means the where is the place where the mind stays. And these immaterial states are where mind stays. So uh, You cannot have uh, them, all of a sudden, bypassing material jhanas. You have to go step by step through the material jhanas into the immaterial states, attainment. Next question, if a person who had never heard the Dhamma stumbled upon concentration on the breath, would he enter a jhana state? Surely he can enter jhana state, that may not be the right jhana. Uh, Somebody who has never heard the Dhamma uh, can attain jhanas, Uh, That is what even the Buddha's previous teachers uh, had, they attained jhanas. They had never heard of dhamma. They had their own dhamma, but not Dhamma, the dhamma that Buddha taught. But they attained jhanas, and their jhanas are not right jhanas. Why it is not right jhanas? Why is that? I mentioned this today in my talk. (laughs) Mindfulness. They never heard of mindfulness and therefore they did not have right jhana. Okay? So, when you focus your mind on the breath, without knowing anything about Dhamma, you can attain jhana. okay. It's very, very good. Much better than nothing. Okay? Uh, While sitting, doing concentration, uh, practice how much physical pain in the legs and back should one try to endure or watch mindfully before moving. Okay. I would suggest if uh, the pain uh, is increasing, so long as you can uh, tolerate, you keep paying attention to it. Keep paying attention to it. Sometimes, If you are so determined, committed and say to yourself, I will never budge, I will stay on with this pain. Let my blood wither, dry up, flesh wither away, reduce me to skeleton, I will not get up from this seat. If you have this kind of determination, which is of course not very easy, Uh, you stay with the pain. No matter how excruciating it is. But if it is too much, and you are sweating, you are crying, and uh, twisting, turning, cursing, me for letting you sit. (laughs) (laughs) Then you change slowly, mindfully, and... uh, to next. She said, with a good posture like standing, walking, and so forth. Enduring, unbearable, excruciating pain is not actually uh, what you want to do all the time. But eventually, if you tolerate certain degree of pains to some extent, slowly and slowly you will be able to absorb great deal of pain finally one day uh, you will not have much pain even in sitting at first it is very difficult and if you keep doing it again and again slowly your muscles will relax adjust and the mind will relax and adjust and then You can sit in that posture. How do the stages of jhana uh, correlate with the stages of insight? (coughs) Insight can arise without any jhana. Uh, Because, uh, for instance, uh, one insight is awareness of impermanence. You don't need dhyanas to become aware of impermanence. However, if you want to see or experience impermanence in the finest, subtlest level, you need jhana unique concentration. Uh, So there are various insights that arise uh, without jhānas. Jhānas are uh, sort of concentration, peak of concentration meditation, crown of concentration meditation. And uh, then we uh, use that concentration again to see insight, to gain insight, to see impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, selflessness and so on in the fine, finest or deepest level. <clears throat> so first we develop mindfulness which we Use for concentration meditation. Once you gain concentration, concentration, then you use the concentration to see impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and selflessness in the finest, most subtle or subtlest level. Then, then, then you can eliminate. Definitely your clinging, craving, greed, anger, resentment, all these will wipe out from your mind, never to return them again. Uh, is it unskillful to kill sure uh, roaches? I am sealing the foundation and cracks in my house. Should I put the uh, roaches outside? Yeah, put them outside. (laughs) And then seal the cracks. They will not come back. How are you going to put them out? (coughs) I don't know what this. uh, Pesticiders do or oh, what they do, but I would say clean the house every day, especially kitchen area. Clean, make it pick and span, clean and clean and clean, put some uh, you know, detergent and mop it and clean it. And then uh, they will not find any food to come. Roaches come to eat something. If there is nothing for them to eat, they will be discouraged. What is the use of going to this kitchen? They don't put out any food for us. Uh, They will decide not to come. And then you seal the cracks. Step number one, step number two. Continue focusing primarily, primarily on the breath. When doing walking meditation, yes. Actually, when you walk in meditation, I recommend to uh, coordinate the breath with the movement of your feet, so that these two, as these two are going on all the time. Breath is going on all the time. We have to breathe when we walk. And the movement of our feet also going on while we are breathing. And therefore, when we learn to coordinate, if we uh, walk faster, uh, you may uh, take a couple of steps per breath. Uh, If your walk is very slow, you might take one breath per stride. So you have to adjust it when you look at your movement. This is where you need a lot of mindfulness, a lot of concentration, without any other distractions, uh, so that you will mind. You will, your mind will become very calm, relaxed, peaceful. You feel as if you are dream-walking. Body becomes so relaxed, mind is relaxed, and walking, going on, where you won't be very tired. Uh, not getting tired is not the purpose, but to gain uh, awareness of what is happening in walking. What is happening in sitting is happening when you are walking, if you walk with mindfulness. When I come to retreat, fear of spirits keeps me awake. Is this just one conscious mind giving me hard time? What can I do about it? Now, if you come to meditation with the spirit of meditation, the spirit will not bother you. If you come to meditation uh, without knowing what you are going to do, how to meditate, whether these people are another type of ghosts here, sitting in the meditation hall and so forth, you know, then you will have a spirit. But if you come to meditation thinking that all these are very serious people coming to meditate. They are all friendly. Uh, We all practice friendless meditation and uh, our minds are very clear. Our purpose is to clean the mind and uh, not to hurt or harm anybody. Then the spirit will not bother you. I don't think there are any bad spirit in this place. If there are any, they all must be very, very wholesome, friendly body spirits. They like people coming, meditating, cleaning the mind and without harming or hurting anybody. They spend the time experiencing the peace. All the spirits also will be very happy because they can be peaceful when we all are peaceful. So if you have any fear, you should not have any fear. Especially when you come here. There are some deer. They, you don't be afraid of don't be afraid of deer. There are some insects here and there they don't hurt you so there is no any reason for anybody to have any fear in this place. okay how should we observe the breath is it at the beginning of the nose or after it enters the nose friends We become aware of the breath as it is entering, as it is exiting. As it is coming in and as it is going out, we become aware of it. Not only one part of the breath. (coughs) Uh, There is a sort of... (coughs) confusion among some people who think that uh, we must divide the breath into two parts. Forget one part and remember the other part. And focus the mind. This is practically, friends, completely impossible. Totally impossible. Because when you breathe in, you feel it. Then you have to breathe out You feel it, so we take both inhaling and exhaling to focus our awareness, become mindful of both inhaling and exhaling. These two always going on and on, don't try to hide one and focus the mind on the other. This is completely unnatural, you know, to say the least, and uh, worse is impossible. You cannot do that. Next question. Is determination another form of desire? I think I answered this, uh, answering zeal. Uh, You can add desire uh, to determination if you want. For instance, uh, if you determine to have this corn of ice cream, uh, no matter what, I must eat this corn of ice cream. That's a determination. In that determination, there's a desire. If you determine, I want to have peace. I want to have peace. I want to free the mind from defilements. There is a determination. In that determination, There's no greed. So, depending on what you determine to do, desire either arises or does not arise, depending on what you want to do. Not only desire, even hatred can arise depending on what we determine to do. What is our motive? If the motive is pure and clean, if we determine to achieve that clean and pre-object, pre-objective, then there is no greed, no hatred. about the first jhāna and also about all jhānas. This quite secluded means completely secluded, completely secluded, not partially secluded, completely. But this complete seclusion is temporary for that particular period. We are completely secluded from them. You cannot, uh, you know, have the cake and eat at the same time. You have to have it one. So when you want to practice, uh, gain jhanas, you have to completely put your defilements uh, out Temporarily, it, it is possible. It is possible. Uh, because our goal is so lofty goal. So meaningful, so powerful goal. For that goal we should be able to do some sacrifice. Letting go of certain defilements, for a short period of time is a wonderful, meaningful sacrifice to achieve this very Wholesome, awesome attainment, wonderful attainment, and therefore I would say, quite secluded means completely secluded, not half as only secluded. <coughs> if one is in the first jhana and slowly changes the sitting positions, this one. This one uh, choose the jhana or use the jhana in this moment. Lose the jhana, okay. This one lose the jhana in this moment. No, okay. If one is in the first jhana and slowly changes the sitting, a sitting position. This one. Uh, lose the jhāna in, uh, in this moment. <coughs> in the first place, why one wants to move? When one is in the first jhāna, why one wants to move? Because there may be some distractions. The moment distraction arises, you lose jhāna. Because of the distraction you want to move. Then you lose jan. Distraction can be pain, distraction can be desire, Uh, some restlessness, some worry. These are the reasons why people want to move. It means these are hindrances, if any hindrance enters the mind that would interrupt your jhana, disturb your jhana and you lose it. So if you move and you lose jhana, but don't, it's not a big deal, you can gain it again. Because you have, uh, you have been following the steps, now because of this uh, uh, Reasons that you move, uh, you lost jhana, you can feel again it. <coughs> how do you create the Hindu? How do you create true? Uh, What? Uh, Withdrawal of sense pressure that is lasting rather than repression. Now, true withdrawal uh, is For instance, you want to uh, find a quiet place from... uh, In order to find a quiet place, you have to move away from busy place. Now, when you move away from a busy place, it is not a repression. You physically don't want to be in that place in order to gain jhana you physically move away i don't think that's a repression similarly once you come to a quiet place once you go to a quiet place uh, then uh, greed arises then you know how many times this greed arose in you when you were in previous place? How many times? Each time you had not, had not been very happy, pleased. Each time you had some difficulties in gaining concentration. So knowing the danger, disadvantage, you say to yourself, "Enough. At least for this period." I don't want it. (coughs) I want to gain better. For the sake of getting something better, you let go of something bad. That is not a repression. Repression is without any goal. You keep it. I don't know, you may have better psychological uh, knowledge to explain it to me better. But in my understanding, repression is without knowing why you want to repress, you just keep grinding your teeth, clenching your teeth, you just don't want it to happen. That is not what we want to do. We want to do, we want to understand why I do it, with good reason. Why I want to do it? Because of such and such a thing. Why I want to do it? Because such and such a thing is more desirable, more meaningful. That brings me more peace uh, and that calms my mind. It makes my mind healthy. So for better, for the reason of gaining something better, more meaningful, you let go of that defilement. That is, I don't call a repression. (coughs) this is a very understanding, intellectual, reasonable choice. (coughs) Therefore it is not repressing. And once you do that with understanding, it will not appear in the mind again. During that period, you give a set a certain period, a certain time. I won't do it in for two days. Do it for two days. <coughs> Sometimes I feel my mind is becoming very quiet, but then fear arises, as if there is Uh, Fear on going further, what should I do? Sometimes there is fear on going further. I wonder what is the fear, what is the basis of this fear? Uh, There must be some foundation, some cause or reason for the fear. If the fear arises without any cause, any reason, then we just try to ignore it. This is just foolish fear. I have no reason to have any fear, so I would let it go. One must try to find out the cause and the reason for the fear. Uh, You say... uh, Sometimes I feel my mind is becoming very quiet. <coughs> this is a conditioning. Sometimes uh, it's a very, very, very powerful conditioning in, our, in houses. There always must be TV going on, TV, telephone ringing all the time, children playing, playing games talking people, and uh, radio going on. So the mind is so conditioned to all this noise. If telephone does not ring, nobody turns on TV, nobody shout at each other, what is the problem? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. There must be some fight. Telephone must ring. TV must blast loudly. Music, radio it must go on so that I remain nervous always, you know. That is what I need. When all this stops, house is quiet, you have fear. This is a very negative conditioning, unwholesome, harmful conditioning. We must recondition ourselves <laughs> to adjust to quiet, peaceful moment, place, situation. That what brings us real mental health, real peace free-condition yourself. That's all I would say. Get rid of that uh, unwholesome conditioning. Do you examine the thought in jhana meditation or you simply let them go? Do you mix jhana meditation and vipassana? How do you start jhāna meditation by focusing on your breathing Uh, there are several questions Uh, you don't examine any thought in jhāna they arise and pass away we simply become aware of it mindfulness is there the job of mindfulness is to become aware of what is happening without verbalizing, without conceptualizing. Just become aware of it. That is what we do with the thoughts. The list of thoughts I gave, 16 thoughts I gave in my list, and when they are there, since they are there, we just become aware of. For instance, Joy is there. We become aware of it. Happiness is there. Initial thought is there. Sustained thought is there. Metta is there. Living friendliness. Feeling. Living friendly feeling is there. You just become. We don't have to verbalize it, or analyze it, or criticize it. That. It just become aware of it. Let it be there. And uh, if you want to practice vipassana, then focus on each of them to see how they arise, how quickly they pass away. How quickly they arise, how quickly they pass away. Seeing rising and falling even in the deepest jhanic state is vipassana meditation. The key in Vipassana meditation is to see rising and falling, appearing and disappearing. This you can see far better and deeper in the jhanic state. Even there you don't use words. So you can gain deep concentration. Using that concentration you can see rising and falling more clearly than any other time. How do you how do you start jnana using jnana meditation by focusing on your breath? Yes, focusing on your breath and becoming aware of what really is happening to the breath without verbalizing. I always emphasize on that the fact that we should not conceptualize, verbalize our experience in order to maintain our concentration and peace. Uh, What is the single-pointedness your mind focuses on, your breath, or applied thought. <coughs> I answered this question. Uh, you cannot... <coughs> uh, when you, I said uh, uh, concentration is uh, consolidation of wholesome mental state, they all work together as a group, as a team. And so uh, that time your mind will remain only on this whole uh, cluster, or bundle, of wholesome mental states, without going to any other uh, negative uh, mental states. And there, you can see, one by one, rising and falling. Your mind is focused, completely focused, completely uh, concentrated. And there, the, the whole framework is there. The, the 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 field is there for the mind to stay. So, among them, when one thought arises, you recognize it and see how it passes away. Another thought arises, you know, you become aware of it rising and passing away. So your concentration continues along with the rising and falling of various thoughts. Not like any other time, but other time mind is scattered here and there and you have no concentration whatsoever. Here, with the deep concentrated state of mind, you can become fully aware exactly what is happening to these thoughts. What is an applied applied thought? I mentioned applied thought, uh, three types. One is letting go. Second is metta, loving friendliness. Third is compassion. These three together call applied thought. Uh, In Pali, they are called (coughs) nekhama vitakka, avyapada vitakka, avihinsa vitakka. Vitakka means thought, nekkama means letting go, renunciation, avyapada means non-hatred or living friendliness, avisa means non-cruelty or compassion. Is it a word like uh, letting go or compassion or is it an action? Letting go is happening. It is not a word. It is happening. Mind does not uh, cling to anything. Mind sees things are happening, appearing and disappearing, appearing and disappearing. Mind doesn't make any attempt to grab it. Mind sees appearing and without clinging, because at that time there is no desire you have overcome your desire as a hindrance. Therefore, when something arises pleasant, you don't grab it, let it go. Let go. <coughs> uh, as I said that there are a few more questions, I'll answer them tomorrow. Uh, I'll try to make it uh, I uh, 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 tried to answer all the questions, but I think I gave a little long answer to some questions than others, depending on the nature of the question. I have no control over time. Thank you. Good night. See you tomorrow.